This is The Guardian. Hey, Laura Mafiotes here. This week, the world watched on as Al-Shifa, Gaza's biggest hospital, came under fire. In this episode from our global news podcast, Today in Focus, host Michael Safi speaks to foreign correspondent Ruth Michelson about the conditions inside the hospital, why Israel decided to raid it, and the international reaction. Here's Michael Safi. Gaza has been under nearly constant Israeli bombardment for more than a month. 1.6 million people have had to flee their homes. And many of them have fled to hospitals, where doctors and nurses are still working in unimaginable conditions. So the morning started quite optimistically. It rained and it had an effect of kind of cleaning the air. And then suddenly you started hearing this kind of single gunshot and a kind of very specific drone sound associated. One of those doctors, Hassan Abu Sitta, is British. We spoke earlier this week. People have told me this is a what's called the quadcopter, which is a kind of drone that the Israelis use as a sniper drone. And the more we heard this firing off, the more we started getting wounded with single-shot high-velocity injuries, over 20 in a matter of a couple of hours. He works at the Al-Ahli Hospital, one of just two, two functioning hospitals inside Gaza City. We hear tank fire, we hear these drones firing these single shots, we hear huge explosions, but I mean, I literally don't leave the operating room. This week, that other hospital, Al-Shifa, the biggest in Gaza, became a battleground. As staff inside worked to keep people alive, outside, Israeli tanks and troops surrounded the complex. They said Al-Shifa was a hospital sitting on top of a Hamas command and control centre. And what they did next shocked the world. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, the raid of Al-Shifa Hospital. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ruth Michelson, you're a foreign correspondent reporting on this story for The Guardian, and you've been speaking to doctors in Al-Shifa Hospital for the past week. Can you begin by telling us about that facility? Shifa Hospital's full name is Da Al-Shifa, which translates as the House of Healing. It's the largest hospital in all of Gaza. It's the best equipped. And there's certain kinds of medical care that the over 2 million people in Gaza can only get 
at Shifa Hospital. And even then, it has to be very carefully meted out. It has this reputation as a site of sanctuary and a site of protection. If anything happens in Gaza, particularly Israeli attacks, people flee there because they believe that it will be safe. And under normal circumstances in Gaza, as normal as Gaza gets, how well was that hospital able to function? You're right that the hospital was functioning under a 16-year blockade, and that blockade deeply impacted the medical equipment and medicines and all other kinds of facilities that were able to enter Gaza. So, for example, it's incredibly difficult to get chemotherapy When I spoke to doctors that had visited from humanitarian organizations, they said that the hospital was doing what it could with the resources it had available. So it was by far and away the best hospital in the Gaza Strip, but that it was really trying to manage its resources very carefully. And Ruth, on October 7, Hamas militants committed a heinous attack in Israel. And since then, Israel's been responding in a way that is relentless and ruthless. What has that meant for the Shifa hospital? So in the days after Hamas's attack, the bombardments were more intense than anything that Gaza has witnessed before. People described how whole neighbourhoods were being completely obliterated. And these hospitals were very quickly overwhelmed, having to deal with a number of patients with intense injuries that they said that they had almost never seen before. Over the week that followed the 7th of October, people started to seek shelter in the grounds of Shifa Hospital. And at first, this was tens, maybe hundreds of people. But by the 13th of October, so almost a week after the attack, when Israeli forces demanded that 1.1 million people in the north of the Gaza Strip flee south, which in many cases was just simply not possible. Instead, a lot of people fled to the grounds of the Al-Shifa hospital. About a week after the demand that people move south, the estimates were that up to 35,000 people were sheltering in the grounds. Okay, overwhelmed with the huge number of patients here, no place to accommodate them. I spoke to humanitarian workers who said, I don't even know how it's possible that that many people are sheltering there. But the number only grew. People fled to Shifa because they had nowhere else to go. And so as people are beginning to gather in the grounds of the hospital, thousands of them, inside, what's happening to the ability of doctors and nurses to care for the sick and injured? Doctors inside Shifa Hospital were talking about how the hospital was already so full that there were people sleeping in the corridors between the beds. When you have so many people crowding together, there would be the risk of infectious disease. The hospital was concerned about how they were going to manage to feed all of the people inside. Over the past fortnight, we've seen this war intensify. Israeli troops have been inside Gaza, working their way through the Strip, edging closer and closer to Al-Shifa. Who do we know is currently inside the hospital? Other than internally displaced people, medics that work in the hospital who said they refused to leave their patients. 
Why don't you go with your family south? And, and if I go, who treats my patients? They are not animals. They have the right to receive proper health care. You think I went to medical school and for my postgraduate degrees for a total of 14 years. So I think only about my life and not my patients. I'm asking you, ma'am, do you think this is the reason why I went to med school? To think only about my life? And of course, there are patients, hundreds of patients who simply could not leave. Over the past week, Al Shifa has become the focal point of this war. What's happened there in those days? On Friday, we started to understand that Israeli forces had drawn much closer to the hospital, just a couple of hundred metres away. We started to hear about increasing strikes on the hospital ground. So the, the front gate was struck and there was also an ambulance that was struck as it tried to enter Shifa Hospital through the grounds. An ambulance outside Shifa, the main hospital in Gaza, was destroyed by an Israeli aircraft. In a crowded area, 13 people, including bystanders, were killed and 26 injured, according to the health ministry in Gaza. The Israeli army said that the ambulance was carrying Hamas fighters, but the response from Palestinian medics was that this was untrue and that the Israelis had not provided any evidence for this claim. It sounds like this idea people had had for decades that Shifa was a safe place, that that had now been shattered. This idea that this hospital would be spared collapsed, sadly, very, very quickly. It became clear that that wasn't going to be the case this time. And then over the weekend, it became even clearer that Shifa was not going to be spared. What happened? Staff inside the hospital describe shelling that hit the intensive care unit, the maternity ward. And at the same time, Israeli forces had enclosed the area around the hospital and ambulances simply couldn't leave or bring people in. The hospital had no water. The fuel for their backup generator, that ran out. They reported that there had been an attack on both their supply of oxygen and also on the tanks holding fresh water on the roof. And doctors described to me how they were surviving by eating only dates because there was no more food. And they wanted to make sure that the patients inside the hospital and the people sheltering there might be able to eat. I mean, that is such a shocking situation for a hospital to get into. What was the situation by the middle of this week? By early this week, there were dead bodies piled in the hospital grounds. They were starting to decompose, but they were unable to bury them because snipers had gotten closer and several people had been shot. The Palestinian Ministry of Health talked about a drone roaming the hospital compounds, targeting people inside. Multiple people told me that one man was shot when he stood near the window. And so the hospital staff had moved all of their patients away from any rooms that were at the exterior or had a window because they feared that anyone going near the window, even if they were a doctor, would be shot. 
They also talked about how there were essential surgeries being carried out without anaesthetic and there were patients screaming in pain. And because of the lack of power and also because of strikes that had hit one of the wings of the hospital that houses the neonatal unit, the medical staff at the hospital had to transfer 39 premature babies from the neonatal wing out of their incubators and into an operating theatre, laying them on beds next to one another to keep warm. They were desperately trying to keep these babies alive and only 36 of them had survived as of Tuesday. Ruth, this all sounds absolutely horrific. This is a hospital. Why is the Israeli army targeting it? The Israeli military and Israeli officials have increasingly talked about Shifa Hospital as a place that conceals a Hamas command centre, in their words. It's also worth mentioning that this is a claim that has been put to hospital staff extensively, and they have denied it. And there are also doctors who have visited Shifa Hospital to work there who have also denied these claims and said that there simply isn't any substance to them. The Israeli army produced a graphic showing very detailed infrastructure below the hospital, but we simply don't know what information has informed that graphic. What we do know is that when the hospital was renovated in the early 1980s by the Israelis, which were occupying Gaza at that time, the plans also included a concrete area that is underneath the hospital. And so Haaretz, the left-wing Israeli newspaper in 2009, talks about suspicions, in their words, from Israeli intelligence officials at that time that there were senior Hamas officials hiding out in this bunker. Another thing that the Israelis have presented as evidence is what they say are audio recordings of conversations where Hamas fighters discuss tunnels under Shifa Hospital. One caveat with that is that groups like Forensic Architecture have cast out on the authenticity of the recordings that the IDF has released in the past. Is it out of the realm of possibility to say that, that Hamas would be in this facility, would be using it as part of their war against Israel? There have been sightings of Hamas leaders and sometimes even fighters inside hospitals in Gaza, including Shifa Hospital. There are Guardian reporters who have seen Hamas officials. I know from when I reported at Shifa Hospital that if you wanted to talk to representatives from the health ministry in Gaza, which is run by the political wing of Hamas, they would often be around in the hospital grounds. But health ministry officials are also serving doctors, and that was their capacity for being in the hospital as well. So we know that these are ways in which Hamas has been in the hospital grounds. We don't know if they have substantial infrastructure beneath the hospital. Israeli officials and US officials have both said they have intelligence that Hamas has used hospitals across Gaza, including Shifa Hospital, for military operations, 
and as a command center. I can confirm for you that we have information that Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad use some hospitals in the Gaza Strip, including Al-Shifa, and tunnels underneath them to conceal and to support their military operations and to hold hostages. This information is based on intelligence that both the White House and the Israeli government have been unwilling to share. So, again, there is just simply a lot that we don't know about this. I think the thing to consider is whether the evidence presented to the global public justifies targeting a hospital. We're told under international humanitarian law that these things have to be proportional, that there has to be a high standard of evidence. And I think these are the questions that we now have as observers coming out of this as to whether the evidence presented justifies what we've seen in terms of the events this week. Ruth, you were telling us about this hellish week inside Al-Shifa Hospital. But then on Wednesday, something happened that really surprised a lot of people. Tell me about it. Around 3am local time, doctors and journalists inside Shifa Hospital started reporting that they had seen Israeli tanks driving into the hospital complex. There were reports of increased gunfire. The Qatari television channel Al Jazeera broadcast a phone call between Israeli forces and Munir al-Bush, who is a doctor and also an official from the Palestinian Health Ministry in Gaza, who's been working inside Shifa Hospital. You being inside the hospital will create a state of fear and hysteria among the patients here. So I'm not interested in hearing this. The hallways are full of people. All floors of the hospital are full of people. We understand that the Israeli military carried out a raid on the hospital. So dozens of soldiers, Israeli commandos, entered two of the buildings in the Shifa hospital complex. We heard... They were ransacking, destroying equipment in the basement, as well as the buildings that contained the emergency department and the surgery department. Elsewhere, members of the Israeli military used loudspeakers to demand that every man inside the hospital complex aged between 16 and 40 leave unless they were in the surgical or the emergency wings and gather in the hospital courtyard. One of the men who works in the emergency room told Al Jazeera that Israeli soldiers detained dozens of these men, that they assaulted some of them, and that they stripped many of them of their clothes, blindfolded them, and detained them to an unknown location. The UN has said that they're now looking at ways to evacuate the hospital, and they're talking about evacuating 600 patients, including 27 who are in critical condition. There really is a desperate question at the moment. This was the largest hospital in the entire Gaza Strip. A medical evacuation would be incredibly complicated. And it just keeps drawing on the idea that there wouldn't necessarily be a safe place or even a place to evacuate people to. The Israelis say that Wednesday's raid was precise and a targeted operation against Hamas. They said that it was based on intelligence information and operational necessity. So... What do we know about what they actually found inside on Wednesday? So the IDF released some videos and photos after the raid on Shifa Hospital. They released a video showing a member of the IDF 
touring part of the MRI unit and finding what he referred to as grab bags of military equipment stashed behind the MRI machine. And if you follow me behind the MRI machine, I'll show you what our troops exposed just minutes ago. In military terms, this is a grab bag. And they released some photos. What I'm looking at here is a row of automatic weapons. I think there are maybe 14 of them, some ammo. There's what looks like lighter fluid. And then in a second photo that they released, everything's lined up and there's books, grenades, what looks like a kind of military vest, some walkie-talkies, copies of the Quran and a box of dates. So that was from the raid on Wednesday. But we've kept getting updates all the way through Thursday. And as we record this late on Thursday evening, things are moving really quickly. Take me through what's happened. So as of Thursday evening, the only Palestinian telecoms companies operating in the Gaza Strip, Paltel and Joal, they've run out of fuel to operate. Hamas have dismissed the Israeli military's claims that Shifa Hospital was used as a command and control centre, and they said that it was a farce. The Israeli authorities also announced that they found the body of an Israeli hostage, Yehudit Weiss, who was found in a building next to Shifa Hospital. So then later on, on Thursday night, the IDF released information where they said that they had also found what they termed an operational tunnel shaft and a vehicle containing a large number of weapons. So in the car, they've released a photo showing what they found. We can see that there's a pile of laptops, there are grenades, there's what looks like a couple of grenade launchers, maybe about 10 guns, and some military-style vests. And these were all discovered inside a car that was inside the Shifa Hospital compound, according to the IDF. And they also released pictures of the tunnel. And so what do you think we should make of all of this, all of these claims and counterclaims? Well, we saw with the evidence that the IDF presented on Wednesday evening that there were definitely some questions about whether that evidence was proportional to what they said they would find, which was a command centre. This latest batch of pictures and video, which haven't been independently verified, I think there are questions about whether these also show that there was a command centre underneath Shifa Hospital. It's fair to say that we don't know yet, and there are still plenty of questions left to be answered. And we'll have to see what comes out in the coming hours and the coming days. Coming up, will the raid on El Shifa change attitudes to this war? Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Ruth, there's been a lot of conversation about international law and whether it's being upheld in this conflict. What does it say about a situation like this one at Al-Shifa Hospital? So deferring to the words of the chief legal officer at the ICRC, that's the International Committee of the Red Cross, they've described how hospitals have special protection under international law. But what they said is that hospitals can lose their protected status if they are used outside of their humanitarian function. This could mean hiding able-bodied fighters, or in their words, using them as a weapons depot. But the attacking party has to do everything that they can to prove that the hospital has lost its protected status. And one of the key elements of this is proportionality. Any army that is attacking a hospital has to ask itself, in the words of the ICRC, whether the death, the injury, the destruction caused by this operation would be excessive in relation to the military advantages that they gain. And I think that is the big question coming out of what's happening at Shifa Hospital. And so if that's the big question, what have human rights groups and legal groups said about the way Israel's answered it? The raid on Shifa has been quite widely condemned. Even the head of the WHO, the World Health Organization, the same day that the raid took place, said that they'd lost contact with medics inside Shifa Hospital. And he called the military incursion into Al-Shifa Hospital totally unacceptable and said hospitals are not battlegrounds. One thing is clear. Under international humanitarian law, health facilities, health workers, ambulances and patients must be safeguarded and protected against all acts of war. Both sides here, as well as fighting a real war, are fighting a propaganda war. And the idea of tanks at the gates of a hospital, soldiers in the corridors, while doctors beg for a pause or a ceasefire to evacuate the wounded, whatever the legal situation of that, it looks absolutely terrible. What do you think the diplomatic fallout of this raid is going to be for Israel? I think we're at a moment in what's happening with the bombardments on Gaza, where there is just a lot of pressure on the Israeli side at the moment to have solid answers for the tactics that are being used. And I think that this is such a watershed moment in terms of raiding this symbol of infrastructure in the heart of Gaza City that has such a place in the medical infrastructure across Gaza Strip when Gaza is suffering so badly right now. But I think this is only going to increase that pressure on the Israeli side to provide deeper and better explanations for the kind of tactics that we're seeing in Gaza. Ruth, Shifa was the biggest hospital in Gaza. We don't know if it's going to be functional after the raid this week. Other hospitals in the territory have either been destroyed or are struggling to continue to operate. What do you think this all means? for the 2.3 million civilians still in Gaza 
1.6 million of them, according to the UN, displaced from their homes. I think what we're seeing is an absolutely unparalleled humanitarian crisis, a crisis that is unfolding at a speed and with an intensity that I don't think the international community has witnessed before, and certainly not aid groups that are trying to deal with it. There were doctors saying that they were being forced to use vinegar to treat open wounds because they didn't have the medical supplies they needed to carry out vital treatment. I spoke with Dr. Marwan Abusada, who is the head of surgery at Shifa Hospital, and he talked to me at length about how the staff were just so afraid. And then he said, but we have to stay here and there is no way that we could leave with our patients still inside the hospital. And one of the things that he repeated several times is that he said, you know, even if we could leave, where would we go? There's nowhere for us to go. Evacuation meant evacuation into nothing. And these medics didn't want to leave their patients, in his words, to die in the street. Well, Ruth, it's an awful story, but thank you for coming and telling us about it. Thank you. And that was Ruth Michelson, a foreign correspondent who's been covering the war in Gaza for The Guardian. Her work is at theguardian.com. We also played a clip from an interview with a doctor at Al-Shifa. That was Dr. Hamam Alo, who explained why he wasn't leaving northern Gaza and Al-Shifa, because there'd be no one to look after his patients, he said. We're sad to report he died in an airstrike at the weekend. For more on this story, listen to Politics Weekly America, which is out today. It's about Joe Biden's response to the war and how it's changing the way Jewish Americans and Arab Americans might vote in 2024. You can find that wherever you listen to Today in Focus. It's called Politics Weekly America. And that is it for today. I'm Michael Safi, and this episode was produced by Ned Carter-Miles. Sound design was by Adam Bransbury. The executive producer was Homa Khalili. And we'll be back with you on Monday. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.